my Lanta. Oh, my Lanta. Happy Full House Friday, everybody. Angela Bowen here, the host of Oh My Lanta, Holy Chalupas, an unofficial Full House, Fuller House podcast. Well, today I am bringing to you Sisters Double Feature Part 3. We've done three of these, and this is the last one we will ever do. So, Season 7, Episode 10, entitled The Prying Game, which I guess is a play on the movie The Crying Game, which I've never watched. Although, The Simpsons spoiled the reveal of that movie. So, this episode... Honestly, right before Thanksgiving. This is November 16th, 1993. We got a couple things going on. The main, of course, is Stephanie and Kimmy resort to snooping around Steve's apartment when they suspect that he's cheating on DJ with another girl. And I'm sorry, the reason I laugh at this is just because I was remembering the scene where Kimmy steals a bag of M&M's. When Steve's like, it's not like they stole anything. And Kimmy, like, tosses out a bag of M&M's. Like, okay, one bag of M&M's. But I was going to pay you back. <laughs> the guilt got her. Meanwhile, Jesse, Joey, and Danny tape an infomercial to sell a hair care accessory that Jesse invented. Which ends in chaos. I think, yes, I can't wait to get to that part because I have some things to say about that. All right, this episode's got a 6.8 out of 10 based on 228 ratings. We have guest starring Kristen Percy as Edie, who's been in some stuff. The show Life Goes On, Married with Children, you know, one-off episodes like that. Charles in Charge. Right. This episode is directed by John Tracy, writer is Jeff Franklin, the creator, and Ellen Gulas. Right. Ooh, we got connections! You rarely ever see these on IMDb for Full House. Yes, yes, yes. A crying game title reference. Yes, we already knew that. Thank you, though. All right. Um, I do want to apologize if you guys hear any noises in the background, like, oh, I don't know, weed whackers, lawnmowers, what have you. Apparently, this is the apartment complex's lawn care maintenance day, which I thought it would be tomorrow on Wednesday because they sometimes, I don't know. I don't know their schedule. I just know it's an inconvenience for me when I'm recording a podcast because it's currently... 8.28 in the morning. I know, I'm an early riser. Alright, we got the 42nd version of the theme song that's used. That's trivia. In fact, that is literally the only trivia. <laughs> Alright, so... Of course, when I say this is the sisters double feature, so this episode is going to be focused... Of course, kind of like the other episodes have been focused on DJ and Stephanie. However, in the 
last episode of the double feature of Sisters, double feature part three, will feature Stephanie and Michelle. So that is going to be interesting. All right. Let's see. Do we have any... No goofs. Do we have any user reviews? We do not. All right. Of course, before I officially get into the episode, I want to let all the Tanner newbies, a.k.a. the new podcast listeners, I want to let you know where you can listen to the podcast. One of which you're probably already listening to is on SoundCloud, which is awesome because that's a platform that I pay for. <laughs> a yearly subscription. Uh, the other one is, of course, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, whatever you want to refer to it as. Those are the two main that I use. I've gotten suggestions about using others, and I'm just like, you know, not at this time. Maybe down the road if things change. But for right now, I'm just going to stick with what I've been doing for the last, like, well, six years, pretty much, with the Punky Power podcast. Another thing is, I'm going to let all the newbies who have just jumped aboard the Tanner train, a.k.a. the podcast, I want to let you know that we do have social media for the podcast. We have a Facebook page where you can go, you can message me with your favorite character, a trivia question, whatever you'd like. Tell me about your love of the characters and the show and what it means to you, or either show, because this is a full house Fuller House podcast. Also, the podcast does have an email address if you'd like to write in. It's omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com. And if you've been listening for a while or you just started tuning in like a month or so ago and you're enjoying the podcast, you want to show support, the only thing I ask in order to show that support is a moment of your time. You can just go on to iTunes or Apple Podcasts, search the Full House Podcast or Fuller House Podcast, either or will work. Click on the Oh My Lanta Holy Chulipas Podcast, scroll down to where it says leave a review and leave a review. All five-star reviews do help the podcast get noticed by other Full House and Fuller House fans like yourselves. You can ask me a trivia question from either show, use emojis to describe episode titles, tell me your favorite character or least favorite character. Mine is Gia. And I mean least favorite character. Honestly, I would say my favorite from Full House is definitely Stephanie because... (laughs) Definitely Stephanie. Because the actress and I, we're the same age. I grew up watching Stephanie, identifying with her and stuff. Not so much the middle childness of it all, but the fact that we were close in age. And I always viewed DJ as an older sister because she was. And I had an older sister that was about this close to the same age difference between Stephanie and DJ. So I relate to that as well. Okay, so just want to give you a heads up. This Full House slash Fuller House podcast, it's a little different from other Full House or Fuller House podcasts. For one, this is really pretty much the only Full House podcast out there that is doing both shows to completion. Also, this is an ears of all ages, Full House, Fuller House podcast. That means anyone of any age can listen to it and you don't have to worry about inappropriate content 
any inappropriate language, any of that. I wanted to create a safe space for those of us out there that have grown up with the show. You may have children you're introducing the show to for the first time or introducing to the show for the first time. And you want a safe space to maybe listen to recaps, reviews of episodes. Another thing is, I don't go episode by episode, season by season. If you've been listening for the last four years or the last year, you know I go in order of a series of episodes based on either a character or a, a theme, mainly just themes for the most part. I also do episodes dedicated to cast members in honor of their birthdays. I just did one for Bob Saget, R.I.P., his final birthday birthday honored episode, which was the last episode that I did. So just to come give you guys all guys everyone a heads up, what's going to be coming down the pike for? Well, honestly, this is going to be an all. You guys are already going to know. <laughs> you guys are already going to be past that. So never mind. What's going to be coming out down the pike in September is going to be. The Best Friends series. Yes, there are no more back-to-school episodes. We'll worry about that once we get to Fuller House in 2024. So, yeah, we're going to do the Best Friends episode. We'll do Pale Joey. We'll do the, uh, Dr. Dare Rides again. And then Good News, Bad News. In October, I believe I'm going to be covering... Jesse and Joey's duo career journey series with season two's Jingle Hell. You got Working Mothers, season four's The IQ Man, and Radio Days, where, yeah, you basically see Jesse and Joey going from working as jingle writers to becoming radio show hosts with uh, the Rush Hour Renegades. In November, of course, we're going to focus on Joey's, Joey's comedy career journey series with Season 1's But Seriously, Folks, then you have Star Search, Joey Goes Hollywood, and The Legend of Ranger Joe. And then, of course, in December, we'll be wrapping things up with the not-so-great of Season 8, IMO meaning, in my opinion. We'll have DJ's Choice, Air Jesse, and Up on the Roof. And, of course, we'll finally wrap things up with the Full House portion of this Full House Fuller House podcast with the finale the series finale michelle rides again parts one and two and then in january we'll kick off the remaining episodes of the fuller house podcast now that is basically since there are five seasons i'm basically touching on all the episodes i have not covered that is basically going to take us through to september of 2024 so just because once I finish the shows does not mean that the podcast is necessarily over. It just means I get to come up with more fun mini episodes. I got Full House Stephanie books I could read. I really look forward to diving into those. I am eventually going to be starting to brainstorm with some compilation mini podcast episodes based on characters. So I'll look forward to that. Just uh, if you guys have any ideas for compilation topics for episodes and characters, I want to hear them. 
All right, without further ado, let's jump into Season 7's The Prying Game. And of course, I don't say this enough. All of you out there that have been listening, that are listening now, I want to thank you all so much for sticking with me this whole time. Whether, Like I said, whether you've been listening since the beginning, whether you just tuned in recently within the last year or few months... Thank you so much. I couldn't have done this podcast without your help. Without you guys, y'all just, you know, listening to the podcast, enjoying it, giving me feedback, user reviews, everything. It's just, it's helped so much. I love this show. It's so close to my heart. And I just, it's, it's, it's going to be sad in December when I get through with the Full House podcast, you know, covering episodes and stuff. But then we get to rejoice in the seasons of Fuller House. Now, I'm going to say right now, I'm going to say right now that, uh, yeah, there are some kooky, goofy episodes that are kind of, they're pretty cringeworthy, but I'm doing them all. Every single one. And I hope that you guys, y'all will go along with me on this journey as we, in 2024, wrap up the final chapter of the Tanner Gibbler family and Fuller family. All right, let's get into the prying game. Okay, before we officially get into the episode, we have the adorable cold open, and this is so sweet. We have Joey with Nikki and Alex, Jesse and Becky's twins in the living room. We got bowling pins set up. The twins are holding bowling balls. Joey's pretending to be the announcer. I I love this. Yeah, because he's like, all right, first up we have Nikki Katsopoulos. Uh, and Nikki Katsopoulos, where are you from? And he puts the, uh, that looks like an award that Danny won for sportscaster or something. Because Joey holds the trophy points it towards Nikki and Nikki says I don't know <laughs> and Joey says well I don't know okay we'll get back to you on that one okay and let her rip ah uh, but it got a gutter ball so close yet so far away and Joey says okay next up is Alex and Alex what is your strategy today and Alex says, I don't know. And Joey's announcer says, oh, obviously he's not going to tip his hand, folks. And he says, okay, go for it. Oh, another gutter ball. Boys, we got to have them angled just right so they can hit those pins. And Joey has to tell them, uh, boys, the object of the game is to try and knock some of the pins down. Oh, you know they're going to rush those pins now. Yep, they rush over and just kick them. And Joey throws his hands into the air. Unbelievable! A perfect game! And both twins slap high five. He says, high five! High fives are flying! The boys come over and high five Joey. High fives all around and a big hug! Come here, you knuckleheads! Aww. He loves those kids. Almost as much as if they were his own. Same with the girls. Where Jeremy, where Joey comes from with saying, you know, he always wanted to be part of a big family, and he is, and it's like he loves every second of it. 
Hey, whispering Joe Gladstone here at the Tanner Bowlerama, and first up this evening is Nikki Katsopoulos. Hey, Nikki, where are you from? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, well, we'll get back to you on that one. Okay, and let her rip. Oh, oh, got her ball so close yet so far away. Okay, next up is Alex, and Alex, what is your strategy today? I don't know. Ooh, obviously, he's not going to tip his hand, folks. Okay, go for it. Oh! Uh, boys, the object of the game is to try and knock some of the pins down. Oh, unbelievable! The perfect game! High fives are flying! Yes, high fives! High fives all around and a big hug. Come over here, you knuckleheads. So it looks like everyone's finishing up dinner because Joey is still wearing that Red Wings hoodie. Or maybe it's not a hoodie. No, I think it's just a Red Wings, like, jersey shirt. And for a split second, I don't know why I thought, why is, what is Steve doing there? Because they're broken up. Like, no. That comes later. <laughs> I really thought that was kind of like, Steve, what are you doing here? You and DJ broke up. Like, no. They're still dating. He's like, oh, hey. Where's DJ? And of course, you know DJ. She wants to look perfect for him. She's always perfect. She doesn't have to try. And Stephanie's like, oh yeah, I think she's not doing her hair, so just have a seat. Hang out for a bit. They're all like, Steve, sit down. We haven't seen you in a bit. What's going on with your life? How's the apartment? How's college? How are you, fam? And of course, Steve is like, huh, no, no way. Sorry, look, I can't wait two hours. Wait, Steve, no one totally said you had to wait two hours. And of course, Jesse is the king of hair maintenance and hair care because he says, really, two hours on her hair? I hope she's not cutting corners. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, this is breakfast because... No one's eating oatmeal for dinner. Well, maybe they are, because Joey's eating, or Jesse's eating cereal. There's toast. So Steve's like, look, I'll just write her a note. You guys can give that to her. And Michelle ends up, her hair ends up kind of falling in her oatmeal. Oh, no, excuse me, it's cereal. Why did I think it was, it looks like oatmeal from this POV? She's completely disgusted. Like, ew, I got hair in my cereal. But ew, I got cereal in my hair. My milk, my ends of my hair are going to smell like sour milk all day. That is not a good thing. I don't think anyone wants that, whether it's your own hair or anyone else's. The idea of that is just so off, gross and disgusting. You're like, throw it out, I'll make it fresh bowl of cereal. Because <laughs> Becky's putting down some OJ. Joey, yes, we all remember the days when there were prizes and cereal. I don't know if they do that anymore. Because Joey says, boy, the prizes and cereal aren't what they used to be. Blech. Here comes Becky, substitute mom to the rescue. She says, you know, I think we can solve this problem with the little hairspray and hairbrush. No biggie. I mean, like, yeah, just pull your hair back, Michelle, throw it in a scrunchie like you do, and then when you're done eating your cereal, boom, take the scrunchie out. Simple, simple. You don't gotta muss and fuss with your hairspray and your hairbrush. Of course, Michelle hates hairspray. 
She says, oh, it makes my face all sticky. I'm not spraying your face. Which I can understand the hairspray residue if you're spraying, like, the the ends of the hair and stuff, or the sides of it, it's going to get on your face. Oh, we got, uh, Michelle with the missing front teeth since this is, uh, midpoint season seven. Oh, so Jesse has already made this contraption. He says, honey, you sit tight. I've got just the thing for you. This will work wonders. So Jesse runs up to the attic to go get his, uh, invention and of course Stephanie's like oh Steve I'll take that letter to DJ or that note to DJ and he's like oh yeah thanks I gotta go I'm in a rush like he couldn't have just called at his apartment just call the house everyone's up anyway just literally like, hey look DJ um yeah can't hang out I gotta study boom simple simple he could have even just went up there while she's home. Just make, you made the commitment to come over to the house. Make the commitment to go to her bedroom and just say, hey, quick thing. Can't hang out tonight. Gotta study. You know, I'm in college. It's, it's major. Has a Shakespeare test. Much ado about nothing. Never read it. None of Shakespeare's plays I've read. None of them. Not a one. And Joey. Ay, ay, ay. So clueless sometimes. He says, hey, don't take it so lightly. It's lately, it's important. I love the look that Steve gives Joey, like, okay. Well, hey, rest of you, see ya. Joey, you gotta stop confusing me. Bye. Danny says, good luck on the test. Hey, guys. What's up? Hey, how are you? Hey, where's DJ? I think she's up doing her hair. Have a seat. Oh, no way. Sorry, I can't wait two hours. <laughs> two hours on her hair? She's not cutting corners. <laughs> well, I'll just leave her a note. Ew. I got hair in my cereal. Boy, the prizes aren't what they used to be. Ew. You know what? I think we can solve this problem with a little hairspray and a hairbrush. I hate hairspray. Makes my face all sticky. You sit tight. I got just a thing for you. Oh, thanks a lot. I really got to go. I'm in a rush. I got a Shakespeare test. Much ado about nothing. Hey, don't take it so lightly. It's important. <laughs> well, uh, bye, guys. Bye. So Jesse comes up. He's got a motorcycle visor attached to a handle. And I like how the bottom of the visor has uh, like a thin band like a comfort band underneath it like um what's the word I'm looking for like a strip of like foam for comfort he says Michelle I rigged up this gizmo one day when I hairsprayed one of my eyeshadow whoa yeah this you don't want to do that like how Jesse and Mich uh, Jesse and Becky take Michelle by the hand and they lift her up onto one of those uh, chairs, tall chairs at the kitchen island. <laughs> and Becky also saying, you know, come on, let's do it, this over here so we don't get any hairspray at the kitchen table. Which makes sense because there's like glasses of orange juice and cereal. You don't want that hairspray-ness in there. And Michelle, you know, puts the face shield in front of her face. And she asks, are you sure this is going to work? And Becky says, honey, it's going to be fine. I see your Uncle Jesse do this 
12,000 times a day, seriously. So all they honestly really did is pull back some of the length of hair and spray sprayed it back enough so that it should stay off of her face. It's like, yeah, but then halfway through the day, you're going to feel that hair is like, uh, I don't know, I've had hairspray in my hair. It, my wedding was most likely the last time I had that done. My hair was so stiff, I couldn't wait to wash the gunk out of it. It was just like, ah! But, I mean, this could have been even different. They could, again, pull the hair back, put it in a ponytail, bing, bang, boom. You don't got to mess with no hairspray. For what little hairspray they did use, it's like, well, that was a wasted effort. I mean, come on. Michelle feels her face, of course, after taking the shield off and says, hmm, it's not that sticky. Great. And, of course, Jesse says, look, Michelle, when it comes to hair, you'll leave it to your Uncle Jay. Of course they make jokes about the hairsprays. Michelle says, I bet I'll have the hardest hair in class if she pats her hair. And then she jumps down from the chair, goes over, and, you know, Danny gives her a kiss goodbye and says, oh, honey, your hair is so stiff. It's like, yeah, hair's like, again, hair's, that's what hairspray does. It keeps it from flying into your face. Michelle, come over here so we don't end this at the kitchen table. Okay, now, up you go. Put the little gizmo in. Oh, of course. I've seen your Uncle Jesse use this a thousand times a day. <laughs> All right. Side. Nope. All right. Wow. My face isn't a bit sticky. When it comes to hair, you just leave it to your Uncle Jay. Thanks, Uncle Jesse. I'll bet I'll have the hardest hair in class. So here's where plot B comes into play. Danny's like, oh, Jesse, let me see that little gizmo you rigged up. So he's looking at the handle, which looks like something that used to be like the handle of a garden trawl or something, to the, or a little garden rake or something. So, and he tells Jesse, like, hey, you know, people are making stuff like this all the time. And Joey even adds with Danny's comment, you know, we could make a bunch of these and sell them. And the thing is, this is, at this point, it's what, 94? Let me double check here. This is the 10th episode. Oh, we haven't even gotten to 94. We are like just before Thanksgiving of 93. So, yeah. The thing is, it's not like they could go online and say, hey, I want to create this idea. Has anyone else done it yet? Because that's one thing you want to make sure or anything. And I was thinking about that the other day. It feels like any idea that you mainly think of, there is a good percentage that probably somebody else has either thought of that idea, patented it, or also created it themselves. So I would think there is, now we have a way to check beforehand before we waste any time and money inventing something that's already been done these guys didn't have that option back then they took that risk to create something that you know you wouldn't normally see in store you know now that i'm looking at that i wonder i bet anything there's gotta be something out there like that so yeah there honestly are a lot of different things that you could buy in regard to 
protecting your face against, you know, hairspray. We got things that are like $13.99. You can buy a few of them for like $8.49. They're all like from different places on, you know, off of Amazon, other companies that make these things. So I just, oh, there's one that's a micro blading permanent makeup shower face shield visor. Oh, and they're disposable. Well, that's pretty cool. But yeah, proof is, yeah, this has already been made a while ago, I'm sure. And Jesse's kind of scoffing at the idea. It's like I just took an old handle and put it on an old motorcycle visor. I mean, we can't make money off that. And Danny's going to school Jesse and the things that people have invented that they didn't think they'd make money on. The pocket fisherman. The jerky maker. This makes me think of the infomercial about the dehydrator. That that big contraption that dis dehydrates stuff. Gas powered tooth. Gas powered toothbrush? Are you sure we're not thinking of an electric toothbrush? Yeah, I, I love how when Danny says, people will buy anything. And he side-eyes Joey. Almost like, hey, Joey, care to give an example of just this crazy stuff you buy? And Joey says, hey, that gas-powered toothbrush got great mileage. I'm sure it did. And, of course, he says, okay, it was a little hard to start on a cold morning. And I'm sure you reeked of gasoline if that's what you were putting in that thing. That's an exaggeration if I've ever heard. When Jesse asked, do you think we really make money off of this? And Joey says, yeah, millions. I'm like, okay, calm, slow your roll there, Jojo. <laughs> I don't think you're going to make mills. But that's the thing, though. How, in 1993, if you want to invent something, how do you find out if it's already been invented? I'm not talking about the stuff on infomercials. I'm talking about these little gadget things that basically... And why do people invent? Usually it's stuff to make your life easier, to make something quick. Because everyone's busy. Everyone's got somewhere to be, something to do. Stuff's always going on. You're always busy. So people invent these things to help get things done a little bit quicker. Help you save a few extra seconds. Well, D Danny, stop filling Jesse's head with these crazy notions. Multi-millions. What exactly are you trying to make? Something that chews your food for you so you can quickly swallow it, swallow it and get on with your day? Extra set of teeth? All right, the guys are going to go into this business venture. Double J and D. <laughs> okay, no more brother man. No more brother man. Becky even, I love how she raises an eyebrow, like, oh, these, when do these men turn into young, rambunctious boys? Give them a crazy idea and watch them just go nuts. It just seems like the whole brother man thing. That's a Danny and Jesse thing. Jesse, let me see that thing. This is a very ingenious little gadget. You know, I bet you we could sell these. You know, there's a lot of people out there making a fortune selling stuff just like this. Guys, I just uh, hooked a handle onto an old visor from a motorcycle helmet. I can't make any money on that. Yeah, let me tell you about some devices that people said they couldn't make any money on, okay? The pocket fisherman, the jerky maker, the gas-powered toothbrush. People will buy anything. 
Hey, that gas-powered toothbrush got great mileage. Okay, it was a little hard to start on a cold morning. Do you think we can make money on something like this? We're talking about millions. No. Hey, multi-millions. So, are we in business? What the heck? I'm in. All right. Okay. Yes, okay. Ah. Uh, so now as Stephanie heads up to DJ's room, DJ is blow drying her hair. She's also got a braid going down the side of her hair, which, I mean, is she trying to pull off a Star Wars look with the Anakin Skywalker? Is she pretending she's Taylor Hansen from the future in 1997 with the little rat tail thing going on? I don't know. So, yeah, she hand-delivers the note to DJ, and DJ's like, oh, I love it when he writes me little private notes. <laughs> and, of course, Stephanie's like, well, I hate to break it to you, but uh, he's cutting your date short. He's got to study. And, you know, DJ's offended. Like, how dare you read my... And Stephanie says, hey, <laughs> it's not my fault if you, when you put it to the light, you can uh, read what it says. Again with the sugar lips. Oh my goodness. I don't like that nickname. Why does DJ have a black and white or sepia toned poster of a llama? So DJ says, hey little Snoop, you're toast. And she's holding the yellow hair dryer. So you know that Stephanie gets out of there. DJ tries to run after her and gets pulled back by the hairdryer cord, which I don't think that's... That would just unplug from the outlet. <laughs> Stephanie, before she runs out, she says, oh, I'd love to stay in chat, but gotta live. That sounds like something that someone would say in an action movie. Oh, wait, in the world does that have a long cord like that? No way! No, a hairdryer in the world would literally... Because she is, like, clear across to the other side of her bed before she gets yanked back. Usually you get, what, like a foot of cord from a higher dryer? Maybe two? Hey, Dee. Steve is just here. He left you a note. Oh, I love when he writes me little private notes. So romantic. Not this one. He's cutting your date short tonight. He has to study. You read my note? Hey, is it my fault that when you hold it up to the light, you can see everything? Sugar lips? <laughs> Little Snoop, you're toast. Love to stay in chat, but gotta live. So, I'm guessing the library, because we find Stephanie there, it's just a white building that says library in silver lettering. So, oh, here's the thing you don't see every day. Payphones! There is three of them right outside the library. You know, when you gotta call home because you need a ride to get back home after you've been dropped off. Clearly it's stock footage from a library somewhere in California. Yes, this is... And I think part of me always thought, like, why is Stephanie in the college library when it turns out it's just a regular public library? There is a sign of uh, whichever, whoever this is supposed to be, Uncle Sam, I guess, pointing, saying, I want you to read more books. Well, I, I don't even think it says anything to that effect, but he's just pointing, and usually it's the, I want you, you know, to join the army or whatever. I would think it would say something like, hey, I want you to read more books. 
I still remember the day going to the library where I finally was old enough to venture into the young adult section. I think I was like, I had to have been 12, 13 at the time. And I had outgrown the junior section that I mainly perused. Turns out that sign doesn't say, I want you to read more books. It says, return all books. So it's interesting how Steve is kind of studying alone. He doesn't have, like, any classmates or a study group or anything. It's like, you know, sometimes some people just prefer to that. I mean, I usually, when it came to either, I dreaded having to work in a group. Dreaded it. I loved when I could just be by myself, do what I needed, and not be distracted by the majority of the group just chatting and not doing any work. I mean, why should I have to fight to be included in a group that didn't want me there in the first place, is all I'm saying. I mean, no one wanted my input, and I was just free to stay silent. <laughs> so, Stephanie is between the bookshelves there in the corner, and I gotta say, um, <laughs> the way this we learn, it's his cousin, but the way she is, like, putting her hand on his bicep, it just seems a little too comfortable for my taste. It's like, oh, I got a surprise for you tonight, Steve. And he's like, oh, hey, cool, I love surprises. And the thing is, I don't think Stephanie or even anyone else in that family has ever seen Steve interact with a girl who is in DJ. I mean, Kimmy is adjacent, you know, DJ's friend. So really we're not, we're basically saying anyone who is not DJ and anyone that is outside of DJ and Steve's friend group. We've never seen this girl before. So I can understand why Stephanie would be a little, maybe not somewhere so much suspicious as concerned. And she says, oh, I checked out a cookbook, Dinner for Two. And I get, you know, this is just, Stephanie's only going based on what she's seeing, the information that she's getting from this. She's kind of putting two and two together. She gets a blonde, she's talking about having a surprise for Steve, checking out a book, a cookbook called Dinner for Two. And the thing is, that's honestly not a bad, especially if it's just, if it's just you and your significant other and... You just want to make something that is just enough for the two of you. You don't need to have a bunch of leftovers. There have been a couple times where I've tried to make something new, and then immediately afterwards, I just, like, I didn't, I'll, like, immediately be like, eh, it could have been better, or, oh, if only I'd done this. It's like all the things you think of after you're done eating it. So Steve's like, all right, so what's on the menu tonight? So... The way that Steve phrases this, and Stephanie, of course, is not picking this up with her ears because she's more concerned about who is this blonde sitting next to my sister's boyfriend. So when he says, all right, so what's on the menu tonight? It sounds like they know each other well enough. Like, this is a regular thing with them. Like, she's been cooking. Like, all right, like, what you making tonight? Okay, last night what we had was great. What do you, what do you got in mind? Again, knowing what we know, spoiler alert, guys, if you haven't, go watch this and then fast forward 15 seconds as of right now. She's his cousin. I don't know any 
cousins that are literally this close, especially of opposite gender. But the fact that she's talking about Pasta Romantico and the way that she just puts her hand on his bicep so comfortably, it just, it's a bit much. Being, you know, he's a 19-year-old, 18, 19-year-old college student. She's probably got to be somewhere in her early 20s because, spoiler alert again, she does talk that she is getting married. So she is testing out her cooking skills on her cousin before she and her fiance get married. But yeah, I mean, it's always good to have another person's opinion or, you know, food for thought. And Steve, we know he loves to eat, so this is just the perfect, like, hey, my cousin loves to eat, this is going to be great, going to make some meals, see what he thinks, tweak anything if I need to, so that we all be ready to roll when my soon-to-be husband and I live together and start making meals and all that stuff. But then again, I don't know, does Steve and her soon-to-be husband have the same similar palate? Do they like the same things? We don't. But then again, that's, again, this is only a 24-minute episode. I really don't think we even learn her soon-to-be husband's name. Yeah! <laughs> so basically, Steve's been living off root beer and string cheese, which, okay for, like, a snack. Like, like if you need something, like, light between lunch and dinner, some, like, I don't want to eat anything too much because then dinner will be ruined. You know how they say don't spoil your dinner by eating a lot between, you know. I say, honestly, if you want to avoid having a full stomach, don't eat anything after 3 p.m. If you want to have a quick little light something, I'd say probably 2, 2.30. So you're right between lunch, a few hours after lunch and a few hours before dinner. Bing, bang, boom. There you go. But... Steve, of course, has probably been eating the <laughs> string cheese and root beer days on end because, again, he is a college student. He probably doesn't have a lot of spending money. But then again, if he's going to school in town, he can just run home on the weekends and do his laundry and get dinner and, like, maybe raid the fridge and the pantry and stuff and take it back to his apartment. I'm sure his parents wouldn't mind. This is someone who's going to be making some money when he becomes a podiatrist. Okay, this is wow. Um, she <laughs> she's like, oh, Steve, you are so adorable. She leans over, kisses him on the cheek, and he kisses her on the cheek. This is too funny. I don't like this. I don't know any cousins that are close like that. I mean, cool if you, if there are out there, that's great. But this is, and the thing is, when we see Stephanie's stunned, shocked face her heart is breaking for dj because now she knows something that dj doesn't know or so she thinks well the thing is stephanie loves her big sister she would do anything to keep her sister from being hurt so but when i was watching this when i was let's see this episode was So, yeah, I would have been a few months shy of just turning 11. I would have been shocked and uh, just like, oh, my gosh. Because we don't know. As reviewers, we don't know who this woman is. We don't know that it's his cousin. 
So I just the idea that D that Steve could do that to DJ just was like, oh. So we see Stephanie's face in the shelf, books, steps, and they're um Evie and Steve are arranging a time, so you know about six ish. I don't know anyone that has dinner after seven o'clock at night, but I honestly, I don't go farther. I mean, 6.30 is like the late, like the latest I will have dinner. I usually, if I prefer, usually between 5 and 5.30, just because when you get to a certain point, you just have a set schedule like you like to keep in mind. It's like, okay, so I can't eat anything after 9 o'clock. That's my own rule. And I want to be able to have a little something before I go to sleep. But I can't have it after 9 o'clock because it just sits in your stomach and then... This is just... To those, I mean, to me, I'm doing my best to, you know, watch my weight and everything. And I weigh myself in the morning. So, I, yeah. Part of me really wonders if any of these books on the shelf are actual books or if they're made up. Type. I mean, clearly this must be... Unless they built a small little library set and put all these fake, worn-looking used books. So one book in particular that I can make out clear as day is a book called Founder's Praise. And this is by Joanne Greenberg. And I, on uh, Goodreads, it's got a 3.33. Came out in 1977. <laughs> It's a, a three-generation saga about life in Colorado, uh, Colorado farm. Uh, the author tells retells the story of Jesus and the founding of the Christian church through a brilliant metaphor of a fictionalized religious sect. Interesting. I won't be reading that, but... Yeah. This one says, like, King Nua? Something. I'm not going through all these books. Who cares? So, I gotta say, um, nothing on Jody's acting, but, um, I'm not sure what kind of face she was trying to make, what emotion she was trying to get across for the situation and for the camera, because it looks like she's trying to do a cross between shocked and, uh, worried. It's almost like she's trying to get over the shock of what she's seeing and hearing, and also formulating what or if to tell DJ about what she's seen slash heard. Steve? Dee? I've got a surprise for you tonight. Oh, hey, cool. I love surprises. I checked out a cookbook. Dinner for two. All right, so uh, what's on the menu tonight? How does pasta romantico sound? Anything's better than root beer and string cheese. <laughs> Steve, you are adorable. Oh, well, thank you. All right, so, right, so kids, is this later that day I take it? It must be. Looks like Stephanie did find a couple books. Good for her. So she comes in as DJ is... Nowhere to be found, but Kimmy is leaving. So Kimmy must have just hung out with DJ. Cause is she really going to be over there if DJ's not? Other than to bug the family. Speaking of bug, 
<laughs> Kimmy, as she's walking out the door, says, Sayonara, bug breath. And, you know, we've known since season one, the insults between Kimmy and Steph are just, oh, they're so good. Honestly, the ones between Danny and Kimmy are good, but also... Michelle and Gia can get some, especially Michelle can really sling those zingers in Gia's direction. But Steph is so overcome with what she's seen, so distracted, that she just says, oh, see you, Kimmy. Kimmy turns in the doorway. Because she can't believe her own ears as to, well, wait a minute. No, normally you insult me. What's up? Something must be going on. Yeah, she did. <laughs> the, the look. Kimmy's like, what? You're not going to hurt me? You're not going to insult me back? Are you mad at me? She's actually concerned if Steph is mad at her. Yeah, Stephanie puts zero effort into this. And she says, sorry, uh, some, something face. <laughs> Yeah, she didn't put no heart, no energy, nothing into that insult. I love Kimmy here. She's first asked, she's definitely, definitely we know about Kimmy. She's very insecure. And the fact that she's asking Stephanie, are you mad at me? But now she's actually worried about, Kimmy's worried about Stephanie. She asks, like, are, are you okay? Is something going on? And Stephanie turns and says, no, I, I, I have a little problem. I love how now Kimmy just, like, shuts it off like a light switch. Says, well, you know, uh, DJ's upstairs. She might care. And Stephanie admits, I, I can't tell DJ. Kimmy, the old, the old, uh, bloodhound here is on the trail because she's like, really? Is it about her? It is, isn't it? And it's hot. I can feel it. <laughs> Kimmy getting her uh, <laughs> powers mixed up. She says, when it comes to dirt, I've got ESPN. Well, actually, it's ESP, but... So, Stephanie figures, well, I may as well tell Kimmy, because she's going to tell somebody. She's not going to tell... She's not going to go to Becky. She's not going to... Definitely not going to go to Danny or Joey. Honestly, it almost makes me wonder if she had went to any of them and said this, what would their, I would always like some of these situations, especially when it's usually they're going to either Danny or most of the time Jesse. Very rarely does it feel like they ever go to Joey with their problems and I kind of understand why they wouldn't because... That's not that he wouldn't be understanding and try to help them find a solution, but um, I think it just depends on the nature of said problem or situation that the girls are in. Stephanie starts up with, I saw Steve at the library with another girl, and Kimmy di completely dismisses this, like, you know, so, I mean, come on now, there, there's lots of girls at the, it's a public library, there are a lot of girls there, a lot of different people, there's actually a guy wearing glasses and a suit and a tie, looked like he was like maybe 25 years old, 22, and he, I mean, but then again, I mean, if you're seeing, you don't know Steve and you don't know 
Evie. So you could get you for all he knows, they could be dating. Because he don't care. If he had a cell phone, he would be scrolling through it. But I think it was just reading a book. Yeah, and according to uh, Kimmy, she's never been in a public library, or her school library, probably, for that fact. She's like, well, I mean, not that I've actually ever been there, but I hear that it's co-ed. It's like, it's for every. The library is for everyone. And Stephanie says, she said she was going to cook him dinner. And Kimmy's like, okay, well, maybe they're studying. And Stephanie adds, pasta romantico? Maybe they're studying German. Sure. Sure they are. Stephanie is really trying to not, like, reach over and throttle Kimmy by the shoulders because she's like, Kimmy, stay with me. She kissed him. Yeah, she kissed him on the cheek, which, again, I just, it's too familiar. Between cousins, I don't know about that. Maybe... I think it just depends on the level of your if closeness of the cousin relationship. I mean, a peck on the cheek is nothing, but he returned the kiss on the side of her cheek. I don't, I don't know. And Stephanie's at a crossroads. She doesn't know what to do. She says, if I tell DJ, it's going to break her heart. But it's like, if she doesn't tell her sister what happened, honestly, I think she should have just let DJ... And we find out this is just such a big waste of time. DJ already, spoiler alert, she knew about Evie. Steve's cousin. So, Kimmy puts her detective cap on. She says, okay, look, before you leave this one on DJ, you better find out if Steve really is a cheating dog. And Stephanie actually goes to Kimmy, like, Kimmy, will, will you help me with this? And Kimmy says, sure, but hey, on one condition, though. After we go, after, can we, like, go back to, you know, hating each other? Because I, I really miss that. Stephanie says, of course we can. And they shake on it. Sayonara, bud breath. See you, Kimmy. What? You're not going to insult me back? Are you mad at me? Oh, sorry, uh, something face. Are you okay? No, I have a little problem. Well, DJ's upstairs. She might care. <laughs> I can't tell DJ. Really? Is it about her? Well... It is, isn't it? And it's hot. I can feel it. When it comes to dirt, I've got ESPN. <laughs> okay. Um, I saw Steve at the library with another girl. So? There are lots of girls at the library. Well, not that I've ever been there, but I hear that it's co-ed. She said she was going to cook him dinner. Maybe they're studying together. Pasta Romantico. Maybe they're studying German. <laughs> Kimmy, stay with me. She kissed him. I don't know what to do. If I tell DJ, it's going to break her heart. Okay, before you lay this one on DJ, you better find out if Steve really is a cheating dog. Will you help me? Sure, but on one condition. After, can we go back to hating each other? Because I'd miss that. Of course. So we're in the living room now with Becky and Michelle. Cut to the door. We got Jesse, Danny, and Joey coming through. 
And Jesse's like, all right, Beck, we did it. And she looks at them confused, like, did, did what? And Danny says, well, we all pitched in and we bought some time on the home shopping channel at the station. I'm kind of curious how much that would have cost. I mean, the fact that they all three chipped in. And Joey explains how there's an open slot because the elasticizer underpants person went out of business. They went broke. In a few hours, Jesse says they're going live and we're going to introduce them to the Spray Guard 2001. Yeah, the all three of them will go to this. Jesse says the Spray Guard 2000 and Joey and Danny add, add one. And I'm thinking, um, do you have enough product to be able to uh, supply the people that you're going to be selling these things to? I mean, normally you would do all this stuff before you think about buying airtime. And Becky tries to bring the guys back down to earth, like, uh, Mo, Curly, Larry, look, you guys have lost it. You can't go on air tonight. Jesse says, no, Beck, we have to. Otherwise, if we don't sell it tonight, someone else on the street is going to start selling that thing tomorrow. Newsflash, I think someone already has prior to you, beat you to the punch. This is why you try to find out if... We'll get to that. You know what? Put in the pin in it. We'll get to it. So, yeah, she point. You guys only have one of those things. And the way that they say, like, Joey says, oh, we'll just, you know, put together about two dozen of those babies and uh, we'll be ready to roll. It'll be fine. But then now you got to spend money buying supplies and putting these things together. You got to make sure, like, uh, the comfort uh, foam band around the edge so that way no one ends up, you know, cutting themselves while they're using it. So, Joey's thinking about uh, two dozen, about 24, for uh, at least to get the ball rolling, you know, for today when they're on the show. And then we'll just, you know, crank out the other billion when uh, the orders start flowing in. Slap and glue, there you go. And Becky says, oh, slap and glue, sounds like quality control to me. It's like, e they're going to be garbage, you do that. You mass produce them like that. Just like, okay, this is, you great, you have an idea. Why do you need to just rush out real quick and secure a slot for something? You don't even have enough product. Supply and demand, isn't that what they say? That's good. All right, guess what, Beck? We did it. Well, we all chipped in, and we bought some time on the station's home shopping show. There's an open spot. The underpants elasticizer guy went broke. <laughs> going on the air live. In a few hours, we're going to be introducing the world to the Spray Guard 2001. Mo, Larry, Curly. <laughs> you guys have lost it. You can't go on tonight. Heck, we have to. If we, if we don't do it now, someone's going to be selling this thing tomorrow. Jess, you only have one of those Spray Guard 2000s. And, and one. <laughs> hey, we'll just glue up a couple dozen of those puppies for the display and slap together the other million when the orders start coming in. <laughs> slap and glue. That sounds like quality control to me. <laughs> so now we're outside, we're outside Steve's apartment, and Kimmy is jimmying the lock. I think probably with a credit card or a library card or, well, credit card, probably not. Driver's license? But anyway, Stephanie told Kimmy, hurry up. 
and Kimmy reassures her, like, hey, don't worry. They, Steve and Deej went to the movies. It's going to be a bit. We got at least two hours, you know, with the movie and the credits and the traffic and the what have you. It's fine. Oh, no, no, no. She's got an actual lockpick. <laughs> okay. Um, Steve's apartment. This is definitely, um, yeah. He's even got the cinder block, uh, shelf unit there, too, with the ply board in between. He's got what looks like a popcorn machine that has a volleyball, soccer ball, and some other thing. He's got a bunch of just random posters, one of which is a tall burger with a little American flag sticking out the top. Uh, it looks like a Spinal Tap poster. There's a... A percent. I mean, I know Steve's a wrestler, but I don't think I've ever... I mean, soccer, I really have a hard time with leaving. Volleyball, no. Baseball, don't think so. I really like the wicker couch, though. That looks really... It looks like it's made out of wicker. There's also a dartboard rigged up on Steve's... On the door there. Kimmy tells Stephanie, like, alright, so basically what we're looking for is... Either a letter, a photograph, something that says he's got someone, you know, a side chick. There's also, see, yeah, the center designer just went crazy. There's even below the uh, kitchen counter, there's a poster of a, a white, like, Corvette or whatever vehicle. There's also a pair of skis. Are we to presume that just because Steve wrestles, he also plays every other sport under the sun as well? Or has at some point in his life? <laughs> well, Kimmy said basically a photograph or a letter or something that, sc that screams that he's got a sweet pea on the side, so another girl. Stephanie goes over to a laundry basket, which there is a bra... This is the first time in Full House history, I think, that we've ever seen a bra on the show that didn't belong to one of the characters. Because Stephanie pulls the bra of the laundry basket and says, Whoa, I'd say this screams, Sweet Pea. <laughs> and DJ says, I don't... Kimmy, Kimmy says, you know, I, I don't know. Um, you know, Steve could lie and say it's his. I don't think so. And then Kimmy says, uh, or maybe it is his. Oh my goodness. Um, the thing is, why didn't Stephanie put two and two together that it could belong to the girl he's, that she saw Steve with at the library? Yeah, of course, Stephanie like throws the bra back in the laundry basket on the table, which is not before she goes, Ugh. it's like, yeah, I wouldn't be touching people's laundry. I mean, come on, you didn't have to pull it out of there, gross. Oh, there it goes. Uh, the phone's going off. Okay, so the door with the dartboard is actually the bathroom because we have somebody wrapped in a towel come out to answer the phone. So we have a fish tank that apparently has no fish in it because later Steve will mention, I had a goldfish, but I thought I flushed it. Then why do you still have the tank? I mean, maybe he's got more than one goldfish. For a tank that size, he's got to have more than one fish. So this just adds to... The kooky, crazy, uh, theory here. Because the girl 
Evie comes out, grabs the phone. It's her friend Shelly. So apparently she's been staying there for a bit because she's given Steve's number out to any friend or whoever else needs to get a hold of her. And she says, yeah, I'm doing good, but I'm really crazy. There's a lot to do before the wedding. Again, Stephanie and Kimmy don't know who this person is and how she's related to Steve. They assume Steve is getting married. And luckily for Kimmy, right away, because when Stephanie hears the news, there's so much to do before the wedding, Stephanie audibly gasps, like, <gasps> and Kimmy knows enough to put a hand over Stephanie's mouth because Evie turns from where that noise, that she heard that sound coming from. So Evie says, oh, I can't wait till we're married. She gets off the phone, takes the laundry into the bathroom with her. As soon as the door closes, Kimmy and Stephanie pop up behind the kitchen counter. Oh, Stephanie, you are so young and naive. She turns to Kimmy and says, I can't believe it. Steve's living a double life. Oh, we get an Oprah mention. Like on Oprah. Yeah, and Stephanie looks at Kimmy confused, and Kimmy says, two people married to two people at the same time. Oh, no, people married to two people at the same time. Isn't that, uh, yeah, what the term is? <laughs> and Kimmy says, oh, no. Steve's a botanist. I'm like, no, that's not what it's called. It starts with a B, but it's not that. Bigamy, that's what it's called. All right. Bigamy occurs when a person is married to two different people at the same time. It's part of two different marriage contracts. If a person is married, it is a requirement for him or her to have the marriage dissolved through death, annulment, or divorce before he or she can legally enter into a new marriage. So, yeah, you know, there is a show with the late Bill Paxton called Big Love, I think it was on HBO, about a man that was married to several wives. There was even a reality show about, um, I forgot what it was called, but yeah, that's now spewing controversy because all the wives are leaving this particular guy. It was just like, wow. Sister Wives, yes, that's the one I'm thinking of. <laughs> yep. I think maybe it's polygamy. The practice or custom of having more than one wife or husband at the same time. I think that might be a, a polygamist. Come on, hurry up. Relax. Steve and DJ will be back from the movie for a couple of hours. We gotta find something incriminating. A love letter, photo, something that says he's got a little sweepy stashed on the side. Whoa! I'd say this screams sweepy. I don't know. Steve could lie and say it's his. Or maybe it is his. Hello? Oh, hi, 
Shelly. I'm good, but I'm kind of crazed. There's so much to do before the wedding. <laughs> I can't wait till we're married. I've got to go, but um, I'll call you tomorrow, okay? Bye. Kimmy are like, alright, we know Steve's the two-timer now. He's cheating on DJ. We need to get out of here now that we know this. Because Evie's in the bathroom getting changed, but then outside the front door you hear Steve and DJ laughing. Which is weird, because I thought they weren't supposed to be back for at least a couple hours. What happened? Again, here we go. They are, uh, <laughs> they got nowhere to really hide. So they dive back behind the kitchen counter. I guess in this case, a kitchen island. So it turns out the movie they wanted to see was sold out. Go see something else. What else was playing in 1993? Let me see what we got here. Movies playing in... Hold on a second. Well, let me see what we got here for the month of November. We got... Flesh and Bone, A Home of Our Own, Look Who's Talking Now, Robocop 3, Rudy in Paradise, Remains of the Day, Carlito's Way, Ernest Rides Again. Well, I mean, we know Steve is a fan of Ernest movies. My Life, The Piano, Three Musketeers, Return to Lonesome Dove, that was on TV. Adam's Family Values, oh my gosh, so good. Let's see, Man's Best Friend. <laughs> got the kid who played Charles in it. Mrs. Doubtfire! I bet they went and saw Mrs. Doubtfire. Well, the movie was sold out, so. Let's see, We're Back a Dinosaur Story. Sounds a little too childish for them. A Perfect World with Clint Eastwood and Kevin Costner. Let's see. Huh. Yeah, that's about it. That's about it. So, DJ and Steve kiss. He's like, it's okay. The movie is sold out. Not a big deal. I just enjoy spending time with you. And Kimmy's like, oh, we gotta tell her. And Stephanie says, Kimmy, there's no point in that now. It's like, you leave from your hiding spot, you're gonna be discovered. The whole point is for them not to know that you were there. You already filled one person. No, they're kind of stuck. And Stephanie says, it doesn't matter, Kimmy, once she sees Towel Girl. And Kimmy says, Steph, you're right. We'll sneak out during the cat fight. <sighs> so he's like, hey, I'm sorry we're going to make this such an early night, but I got to study. Why were you trying to see a movie if you have to study? You could have just went out to eat somewhere and called it a date. Just postpone the date altogether and do it another time when you have time. I mean, it's not like he wouldn't have summers off from college and she would have summers off from, you know, high school. She, They'd have time to hang out. Oh, Kimmy, no, it's not the time to have a cramp in your foot because she pulls her, her boot off. And we all know Kimmy's deadly foot stench. And poor Stephanie is like literally right there 
having to endure that. There is no fish in this tank. There's like stickers of fish on the glass. I'm like, what is the point? Another cinder block shelf. This just seems like this is added on just for the, the situation coming up. Because Steve says, oh, Deej, you're the best. You'll always be the only one for me. She says, and you will be the only, only one for me. And I'm just thinking, what we know now in Fuller House, there's, I mean, because she and Steve, they don't work out at that time. Again, it just, it happens. If they're meant to be, it'll be down the road. And it will be. Because she ends up marrying Tommy Sr. and having three kids. And then down the road in Fuller House, she ends up marrying Steve. So they were meant to be. Okay, seriously, stop that. He says, really? Well, you'll always be the only, only, onlyest one for me. I was like, when Jeremy and I were dating, and mind you, we weren't like 18 and 17. We were like 21, 22, and he was like 28, 29. We weren't doing that. I, I don't believe we were doing that. We were doing some older <laughs> variation, but we weren't all like, Mleh. Oh, come on, girls. You wait till you get in a relationship. You'll do a lot of goofy, crazy things. <laughs> because both Kimmy and Stephanie are all like sticking their fingers in the, down their throat. <laughs> Sees that Evie's come out. Say, oh, Steve, what are you doing here? I'd be like, uh, first of all, it's my apartment. I live here. I'm letting you stay. Sorry, but you're a guest in my place. Don't you ever ask me what I'm doing there. I'm like, this is my place. I don't care if it's innocent or not. Don't ever. Now, then we cut over to, um, Kimmy and Stephanie are doing their little So, uh, without the sound but the claws. This is, I, I don't get, I get it that this is how Steve's supposed to act for the episode or their, how the actor chose to play this scene. But why is it, it just, the way he's reacting is almost like he's, this is exactly what the girls, this is playing right into their whole theory of this. Because he's like, oh, what are you doing here? I thought... You were supposed to be out with, what have you? He says, I thought you were going to visit your fiance. Dude, that's your place. Why should you feel embarrassed to be kissing your girlfriend in your place? So, yes, this is taking a turn. The girls, Kimmy and Stephanie, kind of look at each other confused. Like, fiance, what's, 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 what's he talking about? Ugh! I, I can't. With these chokers in... The mid-90s. Why is this a thing? Why was this ever a thing? Like I said, I've said it in the past, I'll say it again. The only acceptable choker is the, is the leather choker that Ryan Atwood wears in the pilot episode of season one of the OC. To me, that is the only acceptable reason to wear a choker. With a white tank top. And DJ asks, oh, are you enjoying your visit? And Evie says, yeah, Steve, Steve's been such a great host. He's always been my favorite cousin. 
Honestly, forehead slap to Stephanie because she's like, cousin? But then Kimmy's like, Steve's marrying his cousin? It's like, girl, girl, get with the situation. Maybe think a few seconds longer before you make that statement. No, Kimmy, he mentioned she had a fiancé. It wasn't him. Oh my goodness, girl. How in the world do you get through life? Well, now we know Steve's a two-timer. Let's get out of here. Good idea. <laughs> well, I hope you're not too bummed the movie was sold out. Hey, Dean, who cares about the movie? We gotta tell her. Why? She'll figure it out when she sees Tao go. You're right. We'll sneak out during the cat fight. Hey, look, Deej, I'm sorry we have to make this such an early night, but, you know, I gotta study. It's okay. I understand. Ow! I got a cramp in my foot. You're the best. You'll always be the only one for me. Well, you will be the only, only one for me. Oh, yeah? Well, you'll always be the only, only, onlyest one for me. Please stop. Steve? Edie? What are you doing here? Uh, I thought you were going to visit your fiancé. Yeah, I'm heading over there right now. Are you enjoying your visit? Steve's the greatest host. He's always been my favorite cousin. Cousin? Cousins? Steve's marrying his cousin? Have fun. See you soon. Bye, guys. So, no, this is where Kimmy takes her boot off. She's like, oh, these boots are killing me. And she pulls her. Oh, I feel for Stephanie. She's literally right there next to Kimmy. Kimmy, then why did you wear. If they're uncomfortable, take, just don't wear them. So, DJ and Steve are kissing, and all of a sudden they break away, and just this. They start crinkling their noses, like, and Steve goes, ugh. And DJ starts going, Steve, what's that smell? <laughs> and he's like, I, I have no idea. And he says, well, oh, my goldfish died last week, but we flushed him, like, Okay, can we stop flushing goldfish down the toilet or anything that's not toilet paper down the toilet? Because I was thinking of your pipes and your plumbing bills because don't do that. You want to get rid of your passed away fish? Put them in the trash. Bury them in the somewhere. Put them in a box. I don't know. I mean, if you're going to flush it, you may as well just put the... the Goldfish in the trash. I mean, the Cosby's did a funeral, a toilet funeral for for the Rudy's fish. That I, now that I remember, I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Also, um, yeah. Speaking of fish, Michelle's fish, Martin, they flushed him. I'm just curious where this whole phase of flushing fish down the toilet. Where did that get started? Oh, uh, Steve has a mini poster of the band Radiohead. So they both start wandering around the apartment trying to find out where the stench is coming from. DJ is kind of eyeing around the kitchen island. 
by the cinder block shelf unit with the speakers and the stereo right next to a fish tank that's got a shoe and there's a sock on the side of the small fish tank. But Kimmy and Stephanie are right <laughs> on the other side of that kitchen island. Girls, oh my gosh, they think it's okay to, well, where else are they going to go? Either they're going to be discovered by DJ or they're going to be discovered by Steve. And they end up discovered by Steve because Kimmy and Stephanie are on their hands and knees crawling out. And Stephanie realizes she's put her hand on Steve's foot. And Steve, arms crossed, looks down at her. With the tight lips smiling. Uh-huh. I'd be concerned. I'd be like, how did you get in here? Just because your sister's dating him does not give you the right to just break into his... He has got a candy dish by his phone. He's even got a little gumball machine just underneath his tape deck. Uh, his uh, tape collection on the wall. It's hanging on the wall. Oh! Stephanie! She's like, uh, Steve, what what are you doing here? I'd be like, I live here. What are you doing here? Yeah, DJ takes over. So she's angry for Steve. And the fact that her privacy's been uh, disrupted. She's like, she said, DJ says, what, what are you guys doing here? And Stephanie says, oh, well, it's, it's kind of a long story. And I don't really want to bore you with the details. And Kimmy chimes in with, right, no harm, no fall. Glad I could be a help, Steph. Yeah, DJ pretty much takes over for this. Because as Stephanie and Kimmy are going to the door trying to make a run for it, DJ says, hold it, hold it. You guys aren't going anywhere. Yeah, DJ says, I want to know what you guys are doing here. And this is where Stephanie spills the beans. She says, well, I kind of got the wrong idea when I saw Stephen eat. So it's Edie, not Evie. Got it. Okay. It's just Edie and Evie sound identical. D's and B's. So, <laughs> yeah, she says, you know, I kind of got the wrong idea when I saw Steve and Edie at the library. Steve is angry with Stephanie. She's, he, he, he's like, wait, 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 wait. You think I could cheat on DJ? DJ's more concerned with the fact that Stephanie violated their privacy. And then she goes even further saying, you're lucky Steve doesn't call the cops. A look of fear on Stephanie's face. Even even Kimmy is concerned, like, oh my gosh. You know, this is their friend and sister, and just she is really She's letting him have it. And Steve finally jumps in. It's like, no, hey, Deej, don't don't overreact here. Okay, look, it's not like they stole anything. <laughs> and this is where <laughs> Kimmy pulls out that bag of M&M's. <laughs> yeah, she, like, takes the bag of M&M's out of her purse and tosses it on the couch. She says, all right, one bag of M&M's, but I was going to pay you back. Uh-huh. Sure you were. Steve's just got candy coming out the yin-yang. I get it. He's, like, a, a 19-year-old teenager, but just candy all over. And here we go. Kimmy sells out Stephanie by saying, it was all Nancy Drew's idea. She begged me. And DJ can't believe her ears. She points at Stephanie.
Kimmy says, this was your idea? And Kimmy makes a quick retreat. She's like, uh, you know what? I'll be waiting in the car. Steph, take your time. She says to DJ, take your time. She pretty much just throws Steph under the bus. Like, you're on your own, bye. So yes, we know that Stephanie has been snooping since season one. Always into DJ stuff. Always, even when she catches her with the diary. And Stephanie says, I can't help it. You're a woman of the world. You fascinate me. But DJ's had it. Yeah, and the listening in on the phone calls. And even still, she's still reading her diary. She's even getting Michelle in on this now. And DJ's like, enough, Steph, I can't take this snooping anymore. She starts listing off all these offenses. You read my diary, you listen to my phone calls, and now you break into Steve's apartment? And she's just like, how much did you hear? And of course, Stephanie's like, oh, not much, really. I mean, hardly anything. I mean, if I were... And the thing is, Stephanie doesn't get to come clean about this. She eventually does later, once it gets to the... I mean, it's already reached the boiling point, but... Uh, I would have been luck. I was concerned. Yes, I should have come to you first. and told you what I saw instead of es having it escalate to this point. Like, Stephanie jumped to, like, step five, step ten, when she should have been on, like, step two. And, of course, Stephanie's like, just that, you know, you're the only one for him. And he's the onlyest one for you. Or maybe you're the onlyest one. And DJ says, this is the lowest thing you've ever done. And to Stephanie's credit, I get it. She cares about her sister. She was worried. But the thing is, you don't jump to this part. You, if you're really that worried, come and talk to them and let them, like, this is what I saw. Do I have a right? Should I be concerned for you? I just want to bring this to your attention. Because she says, I was just trying to help. And DJ says, and the thing is that's interesting is the fact that Stephanie will later say this to DJ in season eight. DJ says, you want to help? Then get out of my life. Okay, the get out of my life thing was... Because she didn't say anything after that. And even Stephanie turns to Steve. And Steve's basically thinking, I'm not helping you here. It's like, you broke into my place. Well, Kimmy broke into the place. But even still. Like, yeah, she went overboard. She crossed a line. It's like, yeah, you don't do stuff like this. She, your sister may be dating this guy. But still, that doesn't give you a right to just break into his apartment because you know him. Like, Oh, I'm just concerned. What What was she thinking she was going to find? Sure, it cleared up the matter, but as soon as DJ says, you want to help, then get out of my life. The music cue comes in and just... That, I, my, my heart kind of breaks a little for Stephanie. It's like, that was harsh to hear. Yeah, Steve doesn't say anything. He just kind of looks at her disapprovingly and crosses his arms. Like, I'm not going to help you here, so... Last week, but we flushed him. 
details. Right. No harm, no foul. Glad I could be of help, Steph. Thank you, Kimmy. Hold it, hold it. You guys aren't going anywhere. I want to know what you're doing here. Well, I kind of got the wrong idea when I saw Steve and Edie at the library. Wait, but you think I could cheat on DJ? I can't believe you violated mm. our privacy. You know, you're lucky Steve doesn't call the cops. No, hey, DJ, I mean, don't overreact here. I mean, it's not like they stole anything. All right, one bag of M&M's. <laughs> but I was going to pay you back. It was all Nancy Drew's idea. She begged me. It was your idea? I'll be waiting in the car, Steph. Take your time. <laughs> Steph, I can't take this snooping thing anymore. You read my diary, you listen to my phone calls, and now you break into Steve's apartment? How much did you hear? Not much, really. Hardly anything. Just that you're the only one for him, and he's the only one for you. Or maybe you're the only one for him. <laughs> Will you stop it? <laughs> this is the lowest thing you've ever done. I was just trying to help. Well, you want help? Then get out of my life. So now we're down at the studio and Joey is putting some finishing touches on this Frigar 2001. He's spraying the handle pink and Jesse comes over and says, hey, Joey, what are you doing? Why are you painting them pink? I hate pink. And Joey says, well, because Jess, believe it or not, women use hairspray too. Now this was smart on Joey's part. He says, hey, Jess, check this out. I glued some foam lining around the edge of the shield for extra comfort. I would have done that regardless, honestly. And, of course, Jesse thinks, oh, that's good thinking. Now we can charge extra money. All right, they're on the air in two minutes. Like, let's go. So Becky brings the boys because apparently she wants to watch this <laughs> infomercial go up in smoke. <laughs> Because he's like, hey, boys, you want to sit down and watch your dad get rich off the Sprigar 2000 and, and both boys say, one. Oh, for some reason, he's going to have Becky run the soundboard, which she's never done before. And he's got, like, post-it notes right by each sound. This is going to be, and she's trying to watch the boys, too. Yeah, it's a special sound effects machine that he borrowed from the radio station. Okay, well, the thing is, he doesn't have the post-it notes up. He's like, here, if you want uh, applause, you go here, you hit this button, this fader, and then, of course, if you want laughter, you hit this one. And Becky is like, Jess, I don't know. I mean, I'm not familiar with this. She's got two boys to wrangle. Hey, don't worry about it. I, got, I, got, I made these labels for you. How about that? You know, really, you don't need to have umpteen people up there. You could have had Joey, since Joey would know how to run that sound mixer or soundboard or whatever the heck you want to call it, have him running that thing. Like, okay, like, this one's laughter, applause was number two, and it's like, uh, this is just going to go so wrong on so many levels. Hey. Hey, what are you doing? Why are you painting those pink? I hate pink. Because, Jess, believe it or not, women use hairspray, too. Check this out. I 
glued some foam lining around the edge of the shield for extra comfort. Very good. Thank you. Now we can charge extra money. <laughs> All right, come on. We're on the air live in two minutes. We ready? I'm there. All right. Hi, boys. Hi, guys. You guys ready to sit down and watch your old man get rich on the Spray Guard 2000 and... Come on. Oh, Beck, I have a very special job for you. Yeah, I'll show you. Here it is right here. Come over here. Check this out, guys. You're going to love this. It's a special sound effects machine I borrowed from the radio station. Watch. Watch all the little things it does. Like, uh, like if you want applause, you do this fader. See, you want laughter, you go here. I don't know, Jess. I'm not familiar with this. Don't worry about it. Check this out. I made labels for you. Here, watch. Here, stand up, son. See, uh, spot four was laughter. Pause two. The name of this infomercial is Incredibly Fantastic. Fantastic is in all caps. Discoveries. And Danny comes out to introduce the product. Danny <laughs> is wearing... A red, it's like a toned down red with like teal circles on it and different things. And it just, I don't know, I like it. It's a nice sweater of compliments is the color of his hair. Yeah, again, Be Becky does not know how to run this thing. So she's going to do the applause for Danny. And as he's clapping and then she like just, she just, moves her finger up for the applause and it immediately cuts off as Danny is still clapping. He's like, okay. <laughs> uh, he of course introduces himself as Danny Tanner, the host of Wake Up San Francisco. And I have a new product for you. It's a revolutionary new product. This Spray Guard 2001. And now he's going to introduce Jesse, who invented it the incredibly creative and gifted inventor of the Spray Guard 2000 and one. They always add and one. He is a local radio personality and owner of the Smash Club. I'll list his two accomplishments. <laughs> he is really talking Jesse up. He says he's half genius, half visionary, half Greek. I give you Jesse Katsopoulos. Jesse comes out and jumps. He and Danny both jump. High five with each other. <laughs> and Becky is still trying to get this applause effect under control as she's like rise. It says the applause effect rise and falls. And she's just like, I don't know what I'm doing here. So Danny cues up Jesse to introduce the Spray Guard 2001. Like, tell us more about it. Jesse says, oh, I'd love to. Hey, no more embarrassing sticky foreheads, right? Right. And I, well, Danny says, all I can say is, uh, amen. And Jesse says, hallelujah and have some mercy. So yes, now Danny is telling Jesse, well, if you would please tell everyone here how the Spray Guard 2001 came about. Okay, here comes Michelle. I kind of figured they would bring her on since she inspired the idea. I mean, granted, the thing was already created, but yeah. I forgot. See, again, like this episode, I don't really watch Heaven and just I forgot that Michelle comes out so they can help demonstrate the, the product and how it works. So Jesse says, Michelle, no, no, tell the people out there the funny thing that happened to you this morning. Odds are she doesn't even remember and she's going to talk about something that happened at school. Out where? <laughs> she asks. 
Oh, and, and Jesse says, yeah, because you tell everybody out there where uh, the funny thing that happened to you this morning. And Michelle asks, out where? And Jesse's pointing, like, out there in TV land, you know, for the mo- millions of people. <laughs> She's getting sage fright. Her eyes are as big as saucers. She's, millions? That's a lot, right? And Jesse's, yeah, and they're, they're all out there and they want to hear the funny thing that happened to you this morning. Shoot. And she is just camera shy. She's actually looking off to the side and <laughs> getting cues from uh, the person, the cue card reader, I guess. <laughs> and Danny's like, no, her, her mind is still reeling in amazement after having witnessed in action uh, Sprigar 2001. Michelle says, and one. <laughs> she says, I got that right. Well, good for you, sweetie. Like, okay, we're done. Let's move it along. Michelle's giving it away. <laughs> they help her down from the stage, like, run along, run along. Because she's like, where's all that clapping coming from? Okay, folks, we have a show to do, and we are live in five, four, three, two. Thank you, Jimmy. Hey, everybody, and welcome to Incredibly Fantastic Discoveries, everybody! Okay. I am Danny Tanner, host of Wake Up San Francisco, and I am very, very proud to introduce to you a revolutionary new product, the Spray Guard 2001. But first, let's meet the very, very gifted inventor and creator of the Spray Guard 2001. He is a local radio personality and owner of the Smash Club. He's half genius, half visionary, half Greek. I give you Jesse Gonzalez. and development <laughs> let's give a warm a big hand for dr joseph gladstone this is so <laughs> joey is wearing what looks like a lab coat he's wearing like <coughs> glasses that have like the black rims with the tape between the glasses that signified i guess back then that you were an, a nerd or something i don't know but he's rolling out on this podium stand on wheels and it says incredibly fantastic discoveries it's also got a pocket protector he comes out and says 
Thank you, Jesse, Danny. After years of painstaking research and development, we've proven that the Spragar 2001 protects the frontal cranial region. The damaging effects of airborne hair care products. And Danny, who of course is eyeing the camera, you know, for the audience, says, Doctor, could you please explain that in layman's terms? For the rest of us out there that don't understand all that mumbo jumbo you just spoke. And <laughs> Joey like pulls his glasses off and just drops them on the floor. Well, Danny, in layman's terms, it keeps junk out of your face. It keeps gunk out of your face. And he says, see, nothing gets through. He pulls out a highlighter and he puts the Sprigar 2001 up against his face and tosses a highlighter at his face to prove that nothing gets through. <laughs> Mainly, it's just the applause thing. And, like, okay, Jesse's like, okay, now, doctor, if you would hand over the Sprayguard 2001, we'll show the people how easy it is to use in their very own homes. So, of course, he's like, doc, the, spr the Sprayguard, let's go. Give me the thing, man. He starts pulling it. Turns out the glue is not dry from when he put on that uh, comfort foam around the edges. What type of glue did you use? Uh, um, and this is where we just cut, like we're done. This isn't gonna, because <laughs> Joey's like, ah, cut, stop, it, it, it's glued to my head. And somebody help me. Keep proving now that your product is uh, a danger to people. He's calling Becky <laughs> over. <laughs> She's ducking underneath the camera. So now the boys are there to play with all the buttons. Oh, she grabs Joey by the hand and says, you're needed in the laboratory, doctor. And then all of a sudden we hear this chicken squawk. And Becky's like, oh, no, don't touch that. <laughs> Runs, ducks under the camera again. We hear chicken squawking. We hear a bell tolling. And she's where are all the labels? And the boys, they pulled all the labels off. Of course they have. And again, Jesse's like, all right, Dr. Soul, if you will give me the hairspray, I will demonstrate the proper use of the spray guard. 2001. Oh, my gosh. How many times? I've lost count how many times they've said that now. So, of course, Joey's still got that thing attached to his head. And, of course, as he's talking, it's, like, fogging up. He's like, just a sec, boss, I'm, it's getting a little foggy in here. And Jesse ends up grabbing the pink spray bottle, which, of course, is the pink spray paint. Jesse runs over to Joey and says, Joey, give me the hairspray. Ma'am, we're on TV. It normally doesn't sound like you have something. I wouldn't think it sounds like a can of spray paint. Because Joey finally realizes, here's the spray paint, or here's the hairspray. I must have given Jesse the, and as Jesse's spraying it on, his hair is becoming more and more neon pink. With spray paint, I don't know how long it would take to wash out of your hair. Because even on the, the front of the spray guard thing, you're seeing uh, a pink kind of after spl splash kind of residue hitting it. So Joey comes out. How is he able to still see with that uh, Sprayguard 2001 uh, mask on over his... He's like, uh, Jess. And Jesse says, what? And Joey says, uh, you missed a spot. 
And Jesse pulls the thing away from his face and says, Isn't that amazing? Even Danny is cringe. You think, ah! Oh, sticky face. But you still have a sticky forehead. Because there's some of the residue. Jesse says, ah, everybody starts uh, clapping. And then we hear a bagpipe play effect playing from the machine. And Danny says, ah, that means we have a caller, evidently from Scotland. Why are they getting callers? I don't, are just, you would have somebody, like, you give a phone number, you'd have someone taking the calls and then getting the information so they could send them the product or however. And the guy says, hey, th well, I think you guys have one heck of a product. And Jesse says, yeah, well, thank you, sir. So do we. Yeah, and he says, yes, in fact, I thought so two years ago when I invented it. I'm like, sir, here's the address. Come down. You show me. You show me this product that you invented. What's it called? Where can I buy it? Because all that guy's giving is no real information. Anybody can call him and say, hey, I invented this. You better not make it and sell that because I'll sue you. He says, if you try if you try to sell even one hairspray shield, I'll sue you for every penny you're worth. And yeah, <laughs> Jesse's just like, oh no. Uh, you, you will? And the guy's like, yeah. And by the way, your hair is pink. Jesse goes over to one of the televisions that has the show being aired and sees his hair is pink and he just starts screaming and then the boys like scream in response they're <laughs> the one twenty he's got his like face frozen and like <laughs> he's got his hands clenched <laughs> into little fists okay yeah this is where we cut it off I'm like no because jesse turns around and says i'm gonna kill you joey there's like buying <laughs> goats bleeding <laughs> and Jesse's, uh, J Danny is trying to like continue on like, look, the spray card 2001 is not just for hairspray. Jesse is chasing after Joey around the table. And use it as a sneeze guard. Uh-huh, gross. It sounds like it's playing like La Cucaracha on the sound effects. You can't even barely hear Danny's voice. There's a, there's a train sound effect. And Joey's like, a little turpentine, Jesse, it'll come right out. Danny's still trying to sell this product, saying, a rain hat in the Alps. <laughs> Yodeling and bagpipes playing on the effects machine. Granola scoop. So basically now he's trying to sell it as something that isn't the Spray Guard 2001 as a face shield. Uh-huh. Nice try. There's a satellite outside that you just hear this playing, and it's hilarious. Oh, it's so funny. Okay, now to help explain how the Spray Guard 2001 works, I'd like to bring out our head of research and development. Ladies and gentlemen, please give a big hand for Dr. Joseph Gladstone. Thank you, Jesse. Danny. <laughs> After years of painstaking research and development, we've proven that the Spray Guard 2000 and one protects the frontal cranial region from the damaging effects of airborne hair care products. Doctor, could you please explain that in layman's terms? Well, Danny, in layman's terms. <clears throat> 
keeps gunk out of your face. <laughs> See? Take a look at this. Nothing gets through. Now, uh, doctor, if you will hand over the spray guard 2001, I will show the people how easy it is to use in their very own homes. Doctor? Certainly, Jesse. <laughs> Doc, the, uh, the, the spray guard. Give me the thing, man. Ow, 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 it's glued to my head. It's stuck. Somebody help me. Uh, uh, Becky, Becky. <laughs> You're needed in the laboratory, doctor. the proper use of the spray guard 2001. Uh, just a sec, boss. It's getting a little foggy in here. Julie, give me the hairspray, man. We're on TV. Okay. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I give you with no further delay the spray guard 2001. Uh-oh, here's the hairspray. That must have given Jesse the... You see how easy it works. Jess, what is it? Uh, you missed a spot. Oh, there we go. See that? Isn't that amazing? No sticky face. Everybody! That means we have a caller, evidently from Scotland. Yes, go ahead, please. Hello. Thank you, sir. So do we. Yeah, in fact, I thought so two years ago when I invented it. <laughs> if you try to sell even one hairspray shield, I'll sue you for every penny you're worth. You will? Yeah. And by the way, your hair is pink. <laughs> my hair is pink. get back to the house, we get back to plot A, Stephanie's got a big bowl of just the purest pale white popcorn. It looks so bland. Because when DJ walks in the door and Stephanie says, hey DJ, can I talk to you? DJ just looks at Stephanie and just turns away and starts heading up the stairs. And she starts following DJ up the stairs with the popcorn. Like, I made you some popcorn. Come on, smell the buttery goodness. I'd be like, what butter? That looks like pure white popcorn. That's got nothing on it. If you didn't get that from a movie theater, I mean, I, I, I had microwave popcorn. It was justifiable for the most part. It was serviceable. But again, hands down, movie theater popcorn to me, best. I'm not just saying that because they work in a movie theater, but, um, <laughs> it's uh, you can't compare the two. 
It's like comparing apples and oranges. And Stephanie's begging DJ to talk to her. Like, DJ, come on, talk to me. Look, it's a perfect bowl. Almost every kernel pop. And Stephanie says, you're ignoring me, right? As they walk into DJ's bedroom. And DJ says, right. And Stephanie takes this as a win. She's like, hey, you talk to me. We're making progress here. Oh, I, I mean, I get that DJ is irritated. I mean, honestly, she was more irritated than Steve was. And she says, there are other people living in this house. Try torturing them for a change. And Stephanie says, you know, I wasn't trying to torture you. And Stephanie says, it was just an unfortunate side effect. Yeah, but the thing, you didn't need to break into his house to prove anything. All you had to do was come to DJ and tell her what you saw. It would have been fine. I get it, she's trying to protect her big sister because she loves her. She even says that to DJ. And DJ tells Stephanie, he's like, Stephanie, you can't joke your way out of this. And this is where Stephanie says, well, I was just trying to protect you. And DJ tells her, well, you don't need to protect me. And Stephanie, I mean, I feel for her in this moment. She says, but you're my sister. It's like, it's just, it, it's almost ingrained, you know, when someone hurts your family member, you, you take it personally and you want to, you know, protect protect them. And, and DJ, I mean, she's getting a bit overboard. She's like, you're a pain in the neck. I'm sick of it. I get it. Yeah, she's angry, but DJ, you know when you sling words like this, you're just... Stephanie's trying to be honest. She's trying to come clean. She knows she made a mistake, but DJ is just, she's over it. She's like, you're a pain in the neck. I'm sick of it. Go torture somebody else. And DJ... Yeah, Stephanie, she puts the popcorn bowl down and says, you know, okay, fine. Maybe this time I messed up, but someday you'll need me. Oh, yeah, this someday will be in 20 plus years when um, Stephanie actually volunteers to give up her life and her touring as a DJ to help DJ, you know, raise her boys. And then she adds, someday you'll need me, but I won't be there because you want me out of your life forever. The door as she goes out. And then I think it finally dawns on DJ's like, yeah, your words do have the power to hurt another person. It's like sometimes when you say stuff, especially in anger, you don't realize the effect that it has on the other person until they throw those same words back in your face. To the point where you're like, wow, I really said that? So DJ runs to the door, says, Steph! Oh, this is so sweet. When DJ opens the door, she's, and Stephanie says, I was hoping you'd miss me. Aww. And here's where DJ clarifies. She says, Steph, I, I don't want you out of my life, just my personal life. He says, Steph, I don't want you out of my life. And Stephanie says, the DJ, you, you don't? She says, I, I just want you out of my private life. My diaries, my phone calls, Steve's apartment, and Stephanie says all the good stuff. Huh? It's like, yeah, again, even though you know Steve and everything, that still you went, you crossed the line by breaking into his apartment, even if Kimmy helped her. And here's where we get to the root of it, where DJ says, Steph, if you thought that Steve was seeing somebody else, like, why didn't you come and talk to me first? And I like Stephanie's logic here. She says, well, 
I didn't want to put you through all that pain unless I was sure. It's like, yeah, I mean, yeah, you wanted proof and everything. But again, breaking and entering is not the way to go about it. Honestly, all she had to do, you know, this would have, wouldn't have been a bad thing. Stephanie could have come out from behind the stacks and said, oh, hey, Steve, how are you doing? Oh, hi, is this your friend? Who's this? You know, just kind of insert yourself in there. That you would have known. You would like, hi, yes, Stephanie. This is Edie. This is my girlfriend's sister, Stephanie. Stephanie, this is my cousin, Edie. Boom. Simple, simple. And Stephanie says, when something hurts you, it, it hurts me too. And DJ does look down at Stephanie with sympathy. She says, well, I, I guess you were in a pretty tough spot. And Stephanie asks, do you forgive me? And DJ says, yes. And she kind of pulls Stephanie by her, uh, by the shoulder of her shirt. Like, come here, you knucklehead. Oh, they hug. And it's just, it's so sweet. I just, I love their sisterly moments. And the thing is that's interesting. It's like we, we got so many sisterly moments of DJ and Steph, but we really did not. I mean, it, it felt like towards the end of the show when we were getting, we rarely got any Michelle and Stephanie sister moments. Nothing like to this degree. To show that since DJ and Stephanie shared a room, you know, they got, you know, so close and everything as siblings, where being that Michelle pretty much had her own room and the, uh, Stephanie and Michelle didn't start sharing a room until some point in season five. It just feels like the girls have more of a stronger bond with each other than they really do with Michelle. I mean, they love their sister, but it just feels like that sisterly aspect there just feels like it's very underdeveloped. And for the most part, it just felt like DJ and Stephanie, like, ganging up on Michelle because she's younger. And Stephanie says, DJ, I'm, I'm really sorry. Just, I didn't know what to do. And I like what DJ says here. She says, Steph, if you ever have a problem, just come and talk to me. She says, just come and talk to me or Steve or Dad or, or, or Comet. I mean, anybody but Kimmy. I mean, Kimmy's heart was in the right place, honestly. And the fact that Kimmy was concerned asking Steph, like, are you mad at me? Is everything okay? Like, she's known Stephanie long enough. Like, something's off. You're normally insulting me. What's what's going on here? Or a comment? And, well, she didn't bring up Jesse or Joey at all. But it's like, if it's a thing going on with her and Steve, and she, it's like, yeah. Or even you could have brought, brought this to your dad and said, hey, this is what I saw. I'm concerned. Should I bring this up to DJ? It's a very delicate situation. I mean, I don't know what Comet would really be able to do, but, you know, he can lend a listening ear. I don't know what advice he would be able to give her. And Stephanie says, yeah, I'll try to remember that next time. And Stephanie promises, she's like, and from now on, I promise, no more snooping. I'm like, let's have that in writing. Let's have it notarized. No more snooping. Oh, well, look who it is, little miss. Next in line to be a, it's a junior snooper. It's Little Miss Snoop Juniors. <laughs> she's not even using a, a glass. She's just using her hand up to her ear to amplify sound. 
Hi. <laughs> and Stephanie's like, now she's berating Michelle. Like, Michelle, how dare you listen in on our private conversation? And of course, Stephanie's like, where did she learn this stuff? Um, excuse me, you were reading to Michelle DJ from DJ's Diary. So you're, she's learning from you. Of course, Michelle's like, ooh, popcorn. Popcorn is probably cold. It's gotta be. Okay. Nice sisterly moment. Oh, yeah, you can't hear it. You can barely hear it as Stephanie and DJ and Michelle are on the bed. And DJ <laughs> kind of like uh, lightly uh, taps Michelle and says, you were listening at the door, weren't you? I got Michelle shrugs her shoulders. the episode i hope you all enjoyed it so best outfit of the episode i would have to definitely say i really i think danny's sweater i really it's kind of a, like a burgundy color with like the teal circles on the bottom and stuff i think that's number one um i'm gonna also say runner up second runner up is going to be 
Steve, Steve really looks good in, like, cream colors. He's got, like, a cream, like, button-up vest with, like, a white shirt underneath. Uh, that's number two. And then third runner-up, because I really, I liked, I, I normally really, Kimmy's clothing is just a little too out there, a little too much for me. But I liked the, the leggings that she wore along with the long multicolored sweater. So she's in third place. Worst outfit. Okay, we have, I'm going to go with Michelle's outfit with the choker. Her dress, the flower dress with the choker. It's just really gaudy looking. The choker makes it even worse. Um, and then DJ is second runner up worst outfit with her. It's kind of like a, I guess like plaid-ish. It just looks so plain and basic on her. The shirt that she's wearing um, when she and Steve get back from the no-go movies. And Evie, of course, number three. Again, the choker does it to every every time. And she's just wearing a simple, like, red, like, dress top or whatever that's supposed to be. Yeah, that's just, ugh, no thank you. A third, honestly, yeah, that's the third. Choker, honestly, is going to get worst outfit 110%. Whether it's a choker in another dress, you know, Becky's worn them. I don't like them. I just, ugh, gross. Um... Tanner Teachable moment for this episode is just don't try to be a private investigator. If you see something suspicious or something that concerns you, talk to somebody. Don't try to solve it on your own. I mean, it was Kimmy with the whole, whole Nancy Drew's idea. It's like that does not give you the right to have somebody or to be a part of breaking and entering into somebody's place to get clues. I don't care if it's your boy, your sister's boyfriend. You don't, you know, that doesn't give you authority to be able to do that. It, ju it just, it, do it doesn't. So just talk to the person or talk to someone else that's trusted that you can kind of bounce like hey I saw this I'm concerned should I bring this to the person I really don't want to I don't want to mess anything up get them upset for if I'm wrong about this so yeah I mean if you could ever you know find someone out there that you feel confident that they can keep something private to themselves until or, or, like I said, all she had to do is, like, yeah, he's talking to, you know, he could have, she, she's right there. She, like, could have, like, hey, Steve, how's it going? And maybe he even wanted to introduce her to, to Edie. I, I, I don't know. But, again, um, another thing is, <laughs> kind of a teachable moment for Jesse in this whole, uh, face guard 2001, uh, spray guard, whatever you want to call it. We live in an age now where if you want to invent something, and I'm sorry to say this, but if you think you invented the new this or that, odds are it's very slim that maybe somebody already has invented that. You don't, but then again, we, we just, we're living in an era where we have information at our fingertips. Check it out. Research it. You, you found something you want to create? That's wonderful. But do your research and make sure it's something that hasn't already been invented, that there's not a patent on it, or any of that stuff. Because 
you could walk it. I, mean, I, I still, if I were Jess, I'd be like, okay, sir, well, you know what? We're going to take your information down and we're going to contact you so we can delegate this further as far as whether you actually have said product that you have, in fact, created. I would have been like, to me, it's an empty threat. It's an empty threat. It's like, where's your proof? You're just calling me up from out of nowhere. And, yeah. But back in, I guess, the 90s, <laughs> we took that stuff seriously because there would have been no way for them to figure out. I mean, but then again, then if, if he did, in fact, create that, and it's been out there like it's selling, it's an actual product, like going to a, like a Rite Aid or a CVS or a, someplace that would sell something like that because you didn't really have much of the internet back then to be able to do that with so there had to have been a way to figure that out I just want to yeah that's just me so of course that is the first episode in the sisters double feature part three next week we will be focusing on season eight's Claire and present danger which is, of course is another movie title reference Let's see clear and present danger is season eight episode eight Di oh gosh i forgot this is an episode danny is the mother of stephanie's friend gia out on a date causing michelle to rebel <laughs> joey is surprised when the french woman he asked out on a date arrives with her husband Jesse is nervous about his first appearance with his new man. Oh, okay, that's right. Yes. Well, I mean, hey, it's your club. Don't they kind of have to clap, regardless of whether your band's not great, since it is technically your club? So, yeah, we'll be looking at the relationship of Michelle and Stephanie in Season 8, Episode 8, Claire and Present Danger. So, look forward to that. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. I hope you all have a great week if you want to email the podcast you can do so at omhcfhfhpodcast at gmail.com bye bye everyone